If you're looking to expand your voiceover business, you might want to look into outsourcing. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Know that you need to market your voiceover business, but not exactly sure where or how to get started? Everything you need is at VOpreneur.com. Check out past episodes of the podcast filled with actionable, practical advice. Join me for a free Advice Friday live stream and ask your specific question live on YouTube to get it answered. And don't forget to check out the premium coaching and classes available in the store. Go to VOpreneur.com. That's VOpreneur.com. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. If you're a voice actor with limited time to give to your business, either because you have a day job that requires your time or you're simply so busy that you need your time, one solution for getting things done is outsourcing. My guest today started outsourcing several years ago and has used the practice to scale up his business. His clients include Google, Discovery, and LG. Very impressive client list, by the way. Uh, welcome to the show, Bryson Carr. Hello. Thank you for having me. When we did a, a coaching session, I was trying to look back through my notes. I think it was 2020, maybe, when we did a session together for the first time. Sounds about right, yeah. And did, did you ever think that you would be the guy that would be coming on the show <laughs> to be the expert on outsourcing? No, no, I, no, I did not. It's so funny. I was thinking about this earlier, and... And my mind is this horrible, weird mix of the world's biggest imposter syndrome, and then the next day it's the world's most confident human. Somehow it like bends physics for this to exist in one person. So, no, this is I'm th I was I'm thrilled. It's it's fun, and I you know you're like you're like the guy now because I've actually given your name to a couple <laughs> other people. I'm like, look, if you want to know how to outsource, talk to you this know, Mark, guy. This if guy you stick is with me. You might go places. I'm just saying. So if you're, I, there you're might be there might be hope for me and and for this show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I um. Before we get into the outsourcing thing, because we are going to go there, I need to know, and this might actually set the tone for the rest of the interview, what kind of <laughs> maniac willingly jumps out of an airplane? <laughs> so I was thinking about this. I really was. I was thinking before our interview, you know, about this whole thing, because I, you know, it's good to check in and, and, and kind of ponder some stuff. And I was, I realize, and, and this is not contrived. This is, I, I sort of realize this on the fly. There, there are a number of, of, of noteworthy sort of connections to that. And what I, let me, I, I get too nebulous too quickly, but the short answer to your question is because I can, right? I, <laughs> I live in, and this is a big disclaimer. I'm a horrible example for everything. So all this is going to make no sense. It's going to be a mess. But 200 years ago, the richest person in the world could not do this thing and experience this thing that I can do not being rich. And for me, and this is a, an, again, you know, don't do what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you're not supposed to want to jump out of planes. I tell people you're doing it correctly if you don't want to do this, right? I love to fly. I just hey, prefer to stay you. in and the plane. you're supposed yeah. to. This is the right way to do that. However, for people who are a little, that need this other thing, A, it's a lot of fun and it gives me a thing that I need, but on a more serious and, and, and pertinent level, it, it, and I mean this sincerely, it, it gives me a thing that I need that was missing beforehand. I know that's kind of a strange thing to say, but it's true. And what I mean is um, it's it sort of from a mental health perspective, I've had depression my whole life. I've always, it's always been a thing and nothing sorts that out chemically in my brain, like jumping out of an airplane. I know that's strange, but it's true. I was going to say, I'm not going to attempt to understand again, it, but I'm going to trust you, it. But um, to, to get very <laughs> weird way too early, I, I want to lose all your audience. That's my goal, right? We're going to lose everybody, right? But, you know, I think in some aspect, we've sort of out evolved ourselves in the first world. We, no one has the level of depression in the third world the way they do in the first world. Right. And part of that, I believe has to do with the proximity to real life danger. I think there's some kind of correlation. I think our brains are more wired to have one in five of us get trampled by a mammoth every hunting season. Right. And I think that speaking only for myself, I am never as calm, as clear, as healthy and happy, just being a person as I am when I'm on the regular jumping out of airplanes. And it has to do with that. I, I'm too lazy to meditate, right? And I'm, I'm not good at that kind of thing, but- <laughs> I'm not good either. I always fall well, asleep. Well, so. I, I have some good news <laughs> and, and some bad news, but there's a fix here, but you're not going to like, no. I, um, so really quickly, um, when you are in free fall and you're having to make decisions in that place where 
And you need a real life dangerous situation for your brain to do this. And speaking again, just for myself, yep. how you can't fake the danger. Danger's got to be real. But in that yep. space, when you are making life decisions in that place where you're absolutely in the present, as you are, if you're in the present when you're meditating, right? Your brain does a thing that that has benefits for the next little while on the ground. It, it gets the cobwebs out. I am just sharper. I am clearer. The things that I'm worried about, I'm not worried about. And I'm my brain just gets the chemical thing that it needs, right, to do what it needs to do. And so the healthiest I ever am from a mental place is when I'm jumping on the regular. So it's really an advanced, weird form of therapy for me. I, I think it's it's only fair to, to point out, you know, the guy who's standing here questioning your decision to jump out of an airplane. For 17 years, I was on the fire oh, really? department. And I actually, I literally just had this conversation with my my daughter on the weekend. And she was asking me about, you know, did you ever drive the truck? And I was like, yeah, I, I drove the truck a lot. I said, but I said, if there was ever a house fire, I always sat in the first seat behind the driver. And she said, well, why was that? And I said, because the first seat behind the driver was the first guy in the door on the fire. Okay. And I always wanted to be the first guy in the door on every single call. And she's like, what was wrong with you? Like, Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I want to do this. So, I want to be happy. I mean, I, you know, it's really hard for me to call you out and, and be like, why are you jumping out of airplanes when I was running into burning buildings intentionally and, and probably getting well, the same judgment free area. Very so much I, the same. I appreciate we've got our ways of doing what we need to do. Right. And so, yeah, That's that right. happens to work. The, the short answer is I'm too lazy to meditate. That would have been the easier thing on your <laughs> listeners and for everybody. It wouldn't have been as good fair of a story. Enough, but, it, but you know what? We, we, we want to tell a good story. Fair enough. And, and you know what? I was thinking, though, there is some legit tie-in to the VO world for me. And I realize, and I will be, I'll try to be concise. You have full permission to shut me up and hard wrap me whenever you want. <laughs> but what we're really talking about is fear, right? And yep. I realize over the years, jumping has been a means by which for me to get fear. Fear is the drug for me, right? And- I tell people that fear is like the roommate you're always going to have. You can't kill it. But what you can do is get to know it as well as you can so yeah. that when real life fear happens, you can say, okay, this is just fear. And I know fear very well so that you can drive your decisions and not the fear driving your decisions. And so the trick is, is to find as many ways to experience fear as you can so that you stay familiar with that roommate that you have, right? And, and when you're leaving a secure, predictable job path, to do a thing that you want to do like voiceover, that's a scary thing. You know, we all know how, yeah. you know, it's, it's, that just feels wrong, right? We're leaving all the security and this comfort and, and that's its own way of, of having fear. That's the healthy kind that, that where you grow and you're, you're not comfortable. You're, you're doing it despite being scared. And that's, that is pertinent in my opinion to VO. I think the other thing that I'm thinking, maybe it's a little bit more simplistic, but I'm like, honestly, if you can jump out of an airplane and be all right, then all of a sudden that source connect directed <laughs> session with six clients right, listening right. on the other end or trying to figure out what you're going to post on social media this week without humiliating yourself uh, or whatever. All of a sudden, those things don't seem so bad. That's right? fair. It, it creates an element of perspective as well. If this is if this is what you've been fearing, just go jump yeah, out yeah, of an airplane all and your all problems, this other right? stuff is going to be is. so Everybody easy. wins, yeah. right? You get yeah. it. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. There's another sort of Thing that I realize I, I use in the VO world. And that is when you're getting your license. And by the way, it's actually decision-making when you're in that place, when you're in the present, having to not just close your eyes and freak out, having to be there and say, okay, do a thing, have a thought, yep. right? So when you're getting your license, they teach you, you have two jars. When you start out, one is your luck jar, one is your experience jar. And your luck jar is full, your experience jar is empty. And the whole idea is by the time your luck jar is empty, you better have a full experience jar, right? And so the value, we like that. Yeah. And so with me and my own personal VO journey, I am operating under the presumption that I have used up every bit of luck I will ever get in the way I got into this. It's so random and bananas and crazy. And I'm assuming I gave the long story short, I gave an Uber ride to the guy and weird things happen. And here I am. There's a much longer version, but out of, out of love for you guys, I will not put you through it, but yeah, he, the guy was like, you know, come audition for me. I don't even do this. Yeah, come audition. Okay, I did. And it went well. And now it's, you know, here we are, right? And I am operating under the assumption that that's all the luck I'm ever going to have. And it's on me to do all the hard work from here on out. And I will happily take more luck. I'm not, my ego is not invested in I'm doing this by my, all by my own merits. I'll happily take more luck, but I'm assuming no more is coming. And now it's on me to to do the rest of it. So 
So yeah. that's kind of a tie-in with VO. That's the best I got with jumping, but. No, I, it, it actually, when you when you lay it out like that, it actually makes sense. And now I think, you know, everybody listening is going to be inquiring about, you know, going for a skydive for their birthday <laughs> or, you know, as a reward for their big I need booking to double down or whatever my so they can this is experience that on a, on a whole new level. Now, I mean, you're here to talk yes, about sir. outsourcing because I think that it's one of those things that I think every single voice actor could and should probably do in some capacity, but it's something we often don't think about. You've been doing it from the very beginning. You were you were very early on in embracing outsourcing. So full-time or part-time voiceover full-time. when you oh, started Oh, I apologize. Doing Hello. This is me even without caffeine. Sorry, man. I, my brain was way <laughs> uh, When I started, I was doing part-time. And and that okay. ties in. Oh, sorry, man. I, I keep on hijacking your questions, man. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's the question. Like full-time or part-time. So you were part-time in the beginning because I think that's the other assumption, right? We make assumptions that we need to be full-time in order to be able to hire somebody or to justify hiring somebody. But you actually used this as a tool early on really to help get you where you wanted to be. Is, is that fair? It is. I was I was thinking a lot about this before our interview and I, I one of the sort of the, I don't know, I guess principles, ideas that I find myself thinking a lot about is, and again, this is all my opinion. That's all it is. However, I, and I'd love to hear yours on this, but to, to be successful in this from the start, I believe that you need a combination of some degree of money, a degree of time, and a degree of energy, right? And yep. there's more to it that's than fair. that, but that's my dumbed down version, right? So with me, and it's all about, fi- I tell people, it's all about finding out what kind of cards you are holding. Take an honest look at your situation and look at what your cards are. Now for me, my cards were at the time I had a so-called normal job that took up a lot of time and a lot of energy, right? Um, I had m- not a lot, I had more money than I had time and reserve energy. So that's my cards. Th- those are my cards, right? And so yep. with this, alternatively, suppose you didn't have a, a, another job. Well, you've got less time and you've got more time and less money and more energy. So your MO might be doing a lot of this yourself, but yep. it's all about your situation. Now, my cards were... More money, less time, less energy. Now, how do I make this work? Now, for me, I took your marketing class. This is an unsolicited plug for Mark's marketing. <laughs> you know, he'll pay me later. But yeah, no, I um, I, I took that. It was very good, and I and it, it walked me through a lot of using Upwork to make some of this happen. And what I did, my situation grew very organically due to a fair amount of trial and error. What I did was I started out, I, I posted a job. The job was literally, this entire job was, I need 15 leads. That was the job. Very simple. And I had five people try it and uh, you know, paid five people to do it. The best one out of those, I said, okay, uh, let's look at this together. Now I want to hire you to do 15 more. And I said, let's look at your list. This is great because of this. This is not so great because of this. This needs that. This needs that, right? Now, taking this, give me 15 more paid him again. And now I had 15 more. Now we repeated mm-hmm. this until he knew exactly what I needed and could replicate yep. and do it. And now I said, go get me a hundred. Right. And, and so that slowly built to it being the way it is now. And nowadays, and I, I, it's, I feel bad. I used to say, well, this runs itself. And that's a terrible way for me to say that it doesn't run itself. My awesome assistant pathic does all this amazing stuff for me, you know? Yep. And, um, and now he creates, he researches leads. He sends emails that come from, that are templated emails that you gave me. And he sends them out that come from my email address, 100 a week, yep. along with about 80 or so follow-ups that go out every week. And, and he handles that for me. And that means it's great because in my, in my life, if I'm busy with other things, then no matter what happens, this goes out. And part of it's knowing yourself. I don't have quite the level of discipline to do that on my own. I'd like to, but that's the way it is, right? Knowing my weak spots and that's yep. that's part of it. But now he runs my CRM. He, I depend on him and I trust him and I rely on him so much and we're good friends now. And um, so it's just gradually grown. And now he runs a lot yep. of it for me and a lot of decision-making things. We've really built this great relationship all starting from, hey, get me 15 leads. I think that's one of the most important parts. For me, it was the, the thing that I figured out very early, thankfully. And I think it's where a lot of voice actors get it wrong. 
They don't post a job for 15 leads. They post a job for 100 leads or for 500 leads. And they don't realize until they've got the full list that the training wasn't quite sure. Right. right? And so now you've got 500 leads and you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? And you're upset with the virtual assistant. But is it really the virtual assistant's sure, fault or is it because you didn't give them good information or whatever? So I really like this idea of start with 15 figure out what's working, what's not working, what's good, what's bad. What do we have to do to course correct different job titles, different search terms, whatever, go do another 15 and just kind of build it up from there. And I think that's, that's really smart. I think this whole concept of the, of the cards of the, what is time, money, and energy. There's, a, there's what I, I yeah. I feel like there's a class in there somewhere. So just letting you know that you could probably, you could probably teach that, teach a workshop on that at a, well, at a I value your opinion like so, because I think it's you. actually a really brilliant way of looking Thanks. at it. Right. That's, I mean, that's where scale comes from ultimately, right? If you, if you don't have time, then you have to find a way to get somebody else to give you some of their time. Right. It's, it's the whole argument that Bezos and Elon Musk have the same 24 hours a day that we do. But they're multi-billionaires, yeah, exactly. right? Like, what have they figured out? They've figured out scale. That's fair. I, right? I, I'd fig- like to make my mistakes on a smaller level. And mistakes are fine. That's the whole thing. I, yeah, let, let's make some $100 yeah, mistakes before we right? make billion-dollar mistakes, I think, right? I don't want to go out and buy Twitter tomorrow. You know, that may not work out so well, but... <laughs> you know, that never until you try, right? I'm not one to shoot down ideas. But, um, you know, another piece to that I, I thought about is um, it's also being honest with oneself about some unpleasant things like me, me telling myself, I would love it if I had the discipline to sit down and crank out these many leads by myself. I don't. And that's not a, it's not a fun reality to look at, but that's the way it is. Right. And I, my goal is to succeed in this and here are my obstacles. I want to have an honest look at what my obstacles are, including my own sort of limitations. And that's one of them. Yep. So thankfully this is a workaround for that. Yeah. I mean, the other side of that too, and and the point that I make with people is there are certain things that only you can do in your business, right? Nobody else is going to record your auditions for you. Nobody else is going to manage agent relationships for you. Nobody else is going to record the bookings for you. Like there's certain things that only you can do. And all of the rest of that stuff that's left over that has to get done is something that could potentially be done by somebody else. And that's not a statement to the individual and how hard you're willing to work or how smart you are or how, or whatever, actually recognizing and being willing to get rid of some of those things is a statement to how smart you are and how entrepreneurial you are, because you're realizing there's only so much I can do. There's only so much I should do. There's only so much I have to do. Let's get somebody else to do all the other stuff. I would agree. I would even add that for some people, ego plays a role in that, you know, and, and and that's not everyone, of course, but it's also, Hey, realizing, Hey, it's fine not to be able to do all this yourself. Get past that. It's the way it is. You can stroke your ego and struggle, or you can do a workaround, set that aside and make more progress faster. In my humble opinion. I'm a big fan of email marketing and that is no surprise. It's something that I talk about a lot. It's one of the ways that I was able to grow my voiceover business to what it is today by finding new leads and sending those emails. But I also know that email marketing isn't for everybody. Or maybe you just want some other strategies to try in addition to email. That's what my class, Marketing Outside of the Box, is all about. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of different strategies that you can use that will take you outside of the inbox. There are a lot of other ways that you can market your voiceover business. You can sign up for this class now and get instant access to the video recording by going to vopreneur.com and clicking on the store button. Go to vopreneur.com, click on store, and look for marketing outside of the box. Now, back to our show. I remember having a conversation with you at one point, and you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so tell me if I got this wrong, but the impression that I got from you was that you were literally like, I want to outsource all the things. Like, let me be in the booth, let me do the recording, and then I just don't want to have to do anything else if I don't have to do anything else. And I respected that. Thank you. I, I respected that mentality because I was like, crap, I wish I could develop that mentality because sometimes I think that I do spend too much time doing things that I don't necessarily have to do. And maybe it's because I enjoy them. Mostly it's because I have trust issues, I Fair. think. And, and, you know, I feel like I can, and you take your business seriously, it right? It's not easy to hand it off to somebody. somebody else. So that's right. another piece to it. But I loved, I loved that idea of just look, just give it, give it all away. So you mentioned you're working with this one guy that you've been working with for a while. Has it always been one virtual assistant? Have you 
Have you brought in other people, like one-off projects or test drove other people for different things? Or what, what does that look like? For I've you? been, it's a combination, it's of luck surely has a large piece in this, but the same guy that I did that in February of 2020, before we knew the world was about to end in a month, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same guy. This, is, this all started from this tiny little job for 15 leads. And now, you know, I love the guy. You know, he's, he knows my life. He, he's a little segue. I have a bird, I have a pigeon because that's normal. Right. But he's seen my bird. I've seen his daughter. Right. I mean, <laughs> via, you know, yep. and uh, so I've just, part of it's just been luck. Now, had I not been lucky, I would have just continued doing the small scale trial and error till I had someone that did have more promise and it did work and I would use it until it didn't work. I would continue a path until it didn't work. And then I would do a different one. But luckily I didn't have to do that to address another piece of what you're talking about. I wish, you know, there's no regret in this, but you know, you're always learning as you go and looking back at what you did originally, how would you do it differently? Right. What I would have done is I would have done the exact same thing that I did with Pathic, my assistant, but I would have said, okay, your states are these four states. I'm going to build this. I'm going to train you. I'm going to do all these things and get it to where he, he just handles it. He's on it. Right. And then you know, when that's done, I will do four more states. And and the key is, as long as the return I'm getting is a good bit higher than my expense, there's no reason not to do this as many times as I can, right? So yep. I could be theoretically making 10 times the money, you know, having 10 assistants doing the same thing and just cut the whole country up that way. I'm sure there are flaws with this idea, but I mean, there, there's a there's a foundation for scaling this up, but, but I've sort of saturated, you know, I, at this point I would double up on people that we've already looked at, but right. the power of exponentially growing that is, is that's the thing that I found myself thinking about lately, you know, so that's for those starting out, yep. that might be a way that you might want to do that, but you might have a different opinion. I no, I, there's a, there's a return on investment equation that I think absolutely calculates into that. Right. I mean, if you sit down and the easiest way to figure it out is you know, I'm going to get the numbers wrong because I'm spitballing here, but let's say you're a six figure voice actor, right? Let's say you've built a hundred thousand dollar a year business and you're working 40 hours a week doing it. So you're making what approximately $50 an hour, right? So in theory, your time is worth about $50 an hour. So if you can find somebody who's working for you for 10 or 15 or $20 an hour and is doing a bunch of stuff that you can't do, freeing you up to have more $50 an hour time, then you're in profit. Like that's a profitable investment. And it, And it's really important that you look at it that way because a lot of people say no because they look at the upfront cost, right? It's going to cost me $100 out of my pocket upfront or $500 out of my pocket upfront, but you're not looking at the return on investment potential on the other side of that because how much time you gained back to, again, do the thing that only you can do. And so I love that you look at it that way. And I think that's the way that everybody should look at it. And I also think that there is at least a level of logic in that thinking that I, you know, could repeat this infinity and, and scale up like work for my that's yacht, what Amazon right? did, yeah. right? Like that's right. Like that's, that's how this works. I mean, eventually you're going to run out of available recording time, but isn't that what a luxury to have, to right? Where, I mean, yeah. Right. That worst case scenario is I've got, you know, six editors working for me full time and I'm just, you know, in a recliner in the booth, <laughs> sitting back with the Dr. Pepper, just there recording for you eight hours it. a day. Yeah cash and checks and then doing my thing or whatever, right? Like, yeah, that would sound, that'd be so, so terrible. <laughs> and it's, you know, we're, we're laughing about it. I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can see like, we're laughing about it, but, but why couldn't you in theory, sure. if you were willing to take the risk and make the investment and find the right people to work for you, why couldn't you in theory make that happen? I mean, I think you could. And, and, you know, then I heard this thing the other day, a buddy of mine, Dave, who's, I wish I was this entrepreneurial, but he's brilliant with this kind of stuff. But he said, um, something along the lines of if your first release of whatever it is, right? Your first release, if it needs no changes, then you waited too long to put it out. And and there's something to be said for another thing that my father-in-law says that I love is make a decision, even if it's wrong, you know? And so I tend to err on the side of analysis paralysis. So that's my struggle, Mm -hmm. but that's what I'm working on. However, we talked about the theoretical possibilities of this model, right? Um, Yep the way I would think that would play out in the real world would be, you know, it seems like it would work. Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And when problems arise, guess what? We solve those problems and course correct. And we, you know, whatever, but 
trying that model out and then seeing what problems arise, great. Let there be problems. Then we'll solve them. And then we just repeat until we die. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, you've, you've talked about what an amazing relationship you have with your assistant now and, and the level of trust that is there and, and his ability to handle all of the things in theory, you get five more just like him doing the exact same thing that he's doing. And like, you know, now, is it going to happen without hiccups or, you know, bumps in the road along the way or whatever? No, not necessarily, but the logic of it still makes sense. So let's talk about, because I want, what I'm really hoping, and I I believe is going to happen from this conversation, it's going to get more people thinking about the idea of the virtual assistant, the concept of the virtual assistant. I want you to talk a little bit about your hiring process. Now, I know you you talked about, you know, I hired him for 15 and then, you know, this is good. Go do 15, go do 15 or whatever. What are, what sort of things were you looking for to get to that point? Is it, is it the information that you gave up front? Were you looking for a certain kind of person? Is it, I want you to have, or need you to have these particular tools or what are some of the things that we can be looking for? to help us get a good assistant or a better assistant out of the gate when we're hiring? That, I, I love that question. My thought on that is part of it is, is coming to an appreciation of the things you can teach and the things that you cannot, right? Do they have the things that I cannot teach, right? Uh, another thing, another way to look at this is, and this gets in a weird sort of psychological tangent, but people do things because people do things that are not good, quote unquote, right? Because they don't know or they don't care. Right. And so once you get rid of the don't know variable, if they keep doing it, it's because they don't care. You can help somebody who doesn't know. You cannot help someone who doesn't care. So really, so true on a fundamental level, I'm looking for someone who cares. Right. And has a basic level of maturity in terms of fidelity, like doing what they say they're going to do in the time. Mm -hmm. Those are all sort of I wasn't doing all this consciously. Right. But I realized looking back, that's what I was doing. Right. Do they have these basic competency things that I need them to have so that I can then invest the time in them to teach them the things that I need them to know, right? I can't make you care. I can't make you do a good job. I can't make you be timely. Those are things you either care about or you don't. So finding someone who does care and someone yeah. who is capable of, has a basic level of competency of understanding the nuances of what I need. And, and ideally someone who, is in my opinion that enough would work but but where i struck gold with pathic is he also has an inclination to he he cares a lot he 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 will enterprise and bring new ideas to me that are unsolicited you know he is he he cares to the degree that he's competent he's invested in your business now he's not just he's not just a a VA. Correct. And like, I love he's, him. He's on the I team. I love him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, oh man, he told me a few nights ago, we had a meeting and I legit teared up, man. I really did. Part of this is because I waited so many tables in my life. I mean, you know, I think everybody should have a license to eat out at a restaurant. And the way you get the license is you are a server for a year, but that will make you care. Right. I mean, yep. when your yep. livelihood is depending on someone's generosity, then you, you wouldn't, you know, I, I would never want to see him as, so anyway, I apologize. This is my mind, dude. It goes everywhere. I apologize. Um, but <laughs> it's all right. He told me, he said, um, out of the people that I work for, you're the only one who treats me like a friend, you know, nice. and I, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm emotion walking anyway. Right. But, um, yeah, that, that, that I legit, you know, Hey man, that's the best thing you can be told. And it kind of broke my heart that what horrible stuff is everyone else doing to him? Right. Yeah, so it's totally commoditized. Yeah. Right? God, yes. it's so, yep. you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from your question, but, but. Do they care? It makes they- sense though. I would rather, I would rather be with somebody that I, I, I would rather have somebody on my team that wants to be on my team and that I can build a relationship with. Yeah. Right. It, right? I mean, think about it from the voiceover perspective. What, what are we looking for as voice actors to build our business? Are we looking for a bunch of one-off clients who are going to hire us one time and we're never going to deal with relationships, them again? man? Or are we looking for clients that we're going to work with for a decade that are always going to be there, that are going to come back, that we're going to get to know them. They're going to get to know us. Right. So if that, if it stands to reason that I think for most of us anyway, that's what we're looking for in our voiceover business. It's not so out of the question to think if I'm hiring somebody, I, I want to look for that same kind of thing. If I'm going to have somebody that's going to come and work for me, I've been working with the same guy for, I don't know, seven, six or seven years at the, at this point now. Like, it's just, it's nice to have that. It's nice to know that you've got somebody that you can just go to, that you can trust. That's going to get the job done. You know, and that ties into a bigger thing that I, I find valuable. And this, you know, this goes back to, I know you haven't, I haven't shared this story, but, but 
the way I got sort of my, my boost back into VO, because I gave an Uber ride to the right guy, are several things. And people ask me, because it's such a random, when people move to LA to do this kind of stuff. I'm just some guy jumping out of airplanes and driving for Uber. You know, that was what I was doing. And I picked up a guy and he's, he's blind and we were running a bunch of errands together. Right. And, um, and I wanted to help, but I didn't, I didn't want to be insulting. And I didn't quite know where that sure. line is. I didn't, you know, I don't know. Yep. And so I was basically like, Hey, you know, do you want to roll with or whatever? And he was, no, we're good. We became friends. Right. And I said, so what do you do? And he said, I, I have a production company. I need a new voiceover guy. And I said, I do VO, which I barely, I did one local commercial 10 years earlier in Birmingham, Alabama for hepatitis C. That was my, you know, I do VO. It's a credit. He didn't ask how long. No, I, but, but yeah. so part of that is, <laughs> is it's not complicated, but it makes such a difference. It's just be nice, man. It doesn't yep. take any yep. skill or any discipline. Just don't be a jerk, man. You never know who's going to, and not even because it can help you, right? It's just a good way to live. And I'm, I'm by no means am I infallible, by the way, but you know, had I not, had it just been some guy trying to get, you know, a ride done, I wouldn't have been like that. And I'm hardly a good example, made that by connection. the way. But, you know, yeah. part of it's, A, don't be a jerk. Be nice to everybody. I mean, don't be weak. That's an important distinction. But be nice and think, why not me, right? I had no business volunteering myself. But boom, 60 TV and film credits later, right? I mean, it all came from being nice and thinking, why not me? And just helping a guy out to be a decent human. Again, I'm off time. I'm off topic for the question you wanted to go into, but no, this is this is all part of this is all part of the journey, right? I and mean, part of this is just getting to understand voice actors and understanding their stories too. So I want you to talk about in the beginning you hired him. You know, it sounds like it was a project to project basis, right? Get fifteen, get fifteen more, get fifteen more. It. How many hours a week on average were you using your virtual assistant in the beginning when you were still you had, you had a day job, you're doing voiceover part time? What? How has that evolved? over the years, how many hours now? That is a great question because I didn't do it that way. I looked at it, you know, right now starting up this one job is to get me 15 leads. I want them to be a, of a certain quality. However you do it is up to you. I don't want to micromanage you. You know how to do this. I don't, I trust you. Right. I need 15 leads in exchange. You'll get X. Right. And so for, for pathogen me, it's always been what the job is and I trust him to handle it. However, the best way it is for him. You know, so I don't, I don't know how many hours it takes. We've never really talked about that. It's more about as the job itself has gotten larger, you know, I paid him more because of the, it's a bigger job. It's a bigger task to achieve going from 15 leads to a hundred leads, you know, a hundred intros, 80 or so in doing my CRM, the follow-ups, all those things as the tasks themselves have gotten bigger, you know, the pay has gotten bigger, but I, I don't know. And, and if I'm honest, I don't really care how much I don't want him to overwork himself. Right. But, but we don't really talk about it in terms of hours. We talk about it in terms of the job is X. That's the job. Okay. I don't, it doesn't matter how okay. long it takes you. If you do it in 15 minutes, great. If these are the gold you're giving me. I hope it took you less time, you know, so we don't do yeah. it by hour. When did you get to a point where, cause you, you, you mentioned that he's sending emails for, you now, putting stuff into your CRM, you know, those are, those are two big things for, most of us, myself included, where like, just like, I'm almost breaking out in hives thinking about the idea <laughs> of somebody having access to my inbox or somebody having access to my CRM. When did you get to a point where you're like, I can trust this guy with this stuff. And were there any steps that you took to protect yourself in the event that maybe it didn't go as you thought it would or hoped it would? I, I never had any sort of like these official checkpoints, these micro epiphanies that were, you know, whatever. It was more just a slow, organic, like any real good relationship. It was just, it evolved as it evolved. And as soon as I thought that, hey, this is a thing I think he could handle, let's talk about it. And, and I, I didn't just drop it. I said, hey, tell me your thoughts about it. I did as much listening as I did talking with him, you know, and yeah. I, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Do you want to do this? Do you think you could handle that? I trust you if you want to give us a shot. And we gave it a shot. And there was no, I made a point to be like, look, you know, if you realize this dimension of it is not for you, that's okay. I just want to know the real look at how you're doing, what you feel about it. Is it working? Is it not? Are you, do you want to do it? Right. So we had a conversation and anytime there was a new element to it, we just kind of talked about it like a couple of humans. And I just said, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about. Do you want to do it? And can you do it? Let's give it a shot. If it doesn't work, we'll go back to this. Well, you know, there's no pressure. And so we just, it was slow. It was organic. And again, part of it was luck. I just had a great person. But had I not been lucky, I would have just kept doing this until I found one. So 
part of it's out of my control and part of it's in my control. Talk about the communication process. Are you, are you, is this email? Like, I know you said you, you worked on Upwork. They've got a messaging system on Upwork. Are you, you, we don't do you really use that. What, how do you communicate? Um, there's no real reason we didn't use Upwork. We just happen to use email more. Um, okay. But yeah, we okay. email a lot. And a lot of the email, once we have, once we're on the same page and we just go forth and conquer, right? We don't email that much apart from, you know, hey, Pathic, prospects, please send. Dead, please send. Okay. Right? And but whenever there's a change or he has an idea, all he has to do is we've created a, dyna a dynamic of equality and he, he knows it's I'm available to him. If he wants to have a call, great, man, let's have a call, right? He probably has a great idea that I never would have thought about. So mo to answer your question, <laughs> sorry, man, mostly it's email, but every now and then we'll get together and we'll kind of sync our watches, check how he's doing. And then what else can we add? What else do you want to add? And he's had ideas that I yeah. never would have had. You know, so That's it's, awesome. oh man, it's great. So part of it's just appreciating the guy and, and when you get the right person, giving them the freedom and flexibility to do what they do, just like we would hope a client would give us a little bit of leash to, you know, do what we do in direction or, you know, approaching a script in a certain way or something, trust the expert to do what they're an expert at. Right? And I, I, that, yeah. And I, I thought about, you know, the good and bad managers I've had in my life and what I hated about the bad ones and what would I want, how would I want to be managed? Right. A, I wouldn't want to be talking, talked down to, and B, I wouldn't want to be, whatever, you get it. I mean, I, I don't talk to him like he's a yep. child. I, he's earned my trust. He knows what he's doing. He's better than me than a lot of this stuff. And, and part of this is, again, I luckily, this isn't a merit thing, but luckily I have a secure enough ego to be like, hey man, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yep. You tell me, right? There's so much I don't know. It's like, he, 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 he adds a lot. So that's why I name drop him so much. He's, he's really good and I'm grateful for him, but Everybody's going to be looking him up. I know, right? Yeah. Just kidding. His name's Jeff yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love having a conversation like this, though, because I think part of the whole mentality of a VOpreneur is seeing yourself as a business, right? And not just seeing yourself as a single solitary uh, entity going into the booth and recording and coming out of the booth and being done. And, and so when you look at yourself as a business and you start to think like a business owner, it opens you up to the possibilities of how you might be able to expand or grow your business. And and sometimes we don't always think that way, or we have fear about thinking that way, or we make assumptions, you know, oh, I'm not a big enough, you know, I'm not big, my voiceover business isn't big enough yet. I, I don't really shouldn't have a virtual assistant or don't need a virtual assistant. And, and so it's really great to hear a story of somebody who's gone through this evolution from part-time to full-time. And I think it's fair to say crediting your virtual assistant on that journey, like just the amount of work that, that he's been able to do for you to help you to, to get to that point. So there are people that are listening right now who are on the fence. They've, they've thought about it, but they haven't gone for it, or they've questioned whether or not it's worth it, or they've questioned whether or not they're worth it or their business is worth it to have a virtual assistant to do some things as somebody who's gone through that transition and, and you know, come from this part-time business to a very successful full-time career using a virtual assistant to do it, what advice do you have for that person that's on the fence that might get them off the fence? I would, I love that question. Um, I would say two things. One, and I, I, this, I think about this all the time. I, um, if I'm really honest, I'm proud that I, <laughs> it's a way of looking at it that I, I sort of came up with that I find helps me. Maybe it will help some other people, but and this applies to everything, by the way. Um, any task from making a sandwich to becoming president is just a series of steps. Just do the one next step. You can't do all these other things. It's, it's, it's uh, daunting. Just find out what is my single next step and go do that thing. Now, if you're in that place and you're, you're intimidated by the hugeness of, a, of doing a virtual assistant or whatever, guess what? You don't have to do that. All you have to do if you want to do it Get on Upwork and see if there are people who will do, who will get 15 leads for you. You don't have to get a, a virtual, yeah. just go get someone to get you 15 leads. If you like what they did, get them to get you 15 more. This isn't a, a thing you're committed to. You're not buying a house. You know what I mean? So yeah, if that's too big, fine. Go do an ad for 15 leads. That's easy. Go do that. If you hate it, don't ever do it again. But if, you, but if it turns into 30, turn it into 100 and then turn it into a yacht one day, right? We're not proposing marriage, yeah. here, right? We're, I mean, we're, we're hiring a stranger off of the internet to find <laughs> some leads and maybe one day they become 
a team member and a friend. Yeah. But if yeah, you're lucky like it, and you, and right. you, you put in and you respect the input of the machine, right? I mean, yeah, you don't want to go cheap on, on the things that they need as a person too, both monetarily. I mean, monetarily in that I make a point to make sure that he's making above what the market is, but in a pragmatic way, I can still afford. Right. But he's happy yep. and, and I, he's treated like a human. So, you know, respect the input of that relationship, like any checking account analogy, right. Are sure. you in the black? Yep. Are you, you know, but yep. if you're feeling daunted, don't be, just go try this out. Go do 15 leads. If you like it, keep doing yeah. it. I think that's something everybody listening to this can do is, and, and, and it's okay to scale it up over time, right? Like you, maybe you have them, maybe you hire somebody for an hour or you hire somebody for one project. And when you, when you have proof of concept, then maybe you hire them for two hours and maybe it ultimately grows to five hours a week, or, you know, it goes from 15 leads to a hundred leads, or they start doing some emails or putting the leads into your CRM or whatever. Like you can incrementally grow it as you become more comfortable with it, which is, which is the nice thing about it. But I mean, I outsource a lot of different things often, more often than not, it's a project to project basis. And every time I do it, I'm like, I'm so glad that I did mm -hmm. this. I just wish that I could literally have the trust, which is my own personal issue. <laughs> Maybe your business <laughs> expenses therapy, right? I mean, it goes to wherever it goes, right? Whatever we need to That's get right. ready to go. And your one next step might be to <laughs> work on that. Who knows, right? Because now I've got this vision in my head of me just rolling out of bed in the morning, straight into the booth, just recording whatever's got to be recorded. When it's done, just going back upstairs, doing whatever I want to do. Because I got well, this what, whole what other is your army next step on that thing? What's just find the one. What is my next it could step? be go get a sandwich yep. if you're hungry, but that is a next step, right? And that is the next step. Yeah, it's I gotta I gotta I probably got to talk to a therapist okay. and find out why I got control issues. I would say your next step is even talk to it. When I get intimidated, it's like, what is the really, your next step might be to pull out your phone. Then the next step is Google therapists and we're in Canada, right? I mean, if you get intimidated, dial that find back out. to, okay, keep breathing for a while. Now go get my phone out of my pocket, right? And um, you, were, you were mentioning earlier um, about when to scale up and that kind of thing. And I realized it's, it's this finding a sweet spot between like, okay, you know, when you take your, take a kid bowling, right. And they have the bumpers on the side that you can pull out so that it doesn't go yep. in the gutter. Right. That's Sarah's and my analogy for a lot of things. And when you're trying to find that sweet spot on something, you, if you don't know where it is, find it where you hit the bumper. Right. And that is, yep. you know, I have been, I'm, I'm doing so little right now with this. I'm feeling, I think I've hit a bumper on stagnation. Okay. I need to put the pedal down on my fear a bit and, you know, go be uncomfortable for a bit until I hit the one that I'm way too uncomfortable. Okay, and there's that bumper. And find that sweet spot between lack of comfort and stagnation, right? I mean, I never want to be completely comfort comfortable, and I have this morbid fear of being comfortable, right? But I also obviously yeah. don't want to be stagnant. And So then you just go jump out of an airplane know, again. Well, right? the problem is, this is, you know what, I'm a, never mind, I'm not going to, the short version is you can do what's called the fear treadmill, meaning you're no longer afraid, afraid of this thing, so you got to keep upping the ante, and pretty soon you're, Oh, wingsuit yeah, proximity so. flying on a mountain and yeah but you're doing that the Red Bull thing right. that they did a few years ago where you're literally free falling from outer space yeah, or whatever because yeah, now the airplane's not enough of a indeed, thrill for you yeah and that happened to me but that's another story for another podcast but back to what we're you can edit that part out right um, we'll, we'll look the same so that we're no um but it, for me it's a find that balance between am i am i too comfortable or am i too scared right, right? and where is yep. that spot of I need to be stimulated enough to not be comfortable because I'm evolving if I'm lucky. Right. And it's, and it's, it's brutal because the natural tendency is to go seek comfort, right? We all do it without even thinking about it. And it happens to me and it happens, you know, so it's hard, but that ties into your business too. Right. I mean, whatever you're making, if you're happy with that, that's great. If you want to be making more, but you're just stuck in comfort land, then, you know, find a, a fear and find a risk and see what goes with that thing. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it comes down to this. My unofficial data says that nine out of 10 voice actors freaking hate marketing. And so that just means that nine out of 10 voice actors need to find somebody who doesn't hate it to do it for them <laughs> because that's the thing that's holding you Ugh. back. Like it's really, like really, it boils down that. And easily. what do you hate it's, more? It's, that's the, like, you know, it's yeah. like, what do I hate more? Yeah. What, the what, downside of- What is causing you more discomfort? Having somebody else do it for you and knowing that you've got to work with someone and trust someone or- having to do it yourself, knowing how much you hate it, or knowing that you have to do it, but just not doing it at all. And so staying stuck. Well, what fear stinks the least and go do that thing, <laughs> right? Because 
I know you, you have a hard, we, I get it. We all have a hard time trusting a person. What the, the downside of that, of that avenue is the trust thing, but the downside of not doing it is this thing. And what do you hate the most? Right. And yep. Yep. yeah, so there it is. Man, this has been awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I enjoy Bryson. this, man. I, thank I you so much. This means this, a lot to me. I, I, it's, it's so nice to be able to talk to just a working pro who's done the thing, who can share some tips and tricks that you've learned along the way so that hopefully it encourages. I mean, if one person goes and hires a virtual assistant as a result of this interview and it frees them up to do more of something that they want to do, which could be spending more time in the booth or maybe it's spending more time with their family. Then you know what the interview was a win, and I'm and I'm thrilled, and I'm glad that somebody learned something from the information that we had to share. Now there's one more thing we got to talk yes, about through before we go. Uh, you know, we talked about the fact that you've been able to grow your business to become a, a, a very successful voice actor. You've got a very impressive client list uh, on your website, uh, but there's one in particular that's coming up here that is uh, oh. a, a little bit of a big deal. Uh, so I'm assuming that your involvement with the Grammys is not going as Tay Tay's date. So you know what's so sad? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. I'm not cool enough to know that that's Tay. I don't. I can't bench press what a dude with the Chiefs can. So I. Uh, Nor would I want to try. Fair enough. So t- tell us about your involvement in the Grammys because uh, this is this thank is you. Cool. Yeah, it's so funny, man. My mind is all over the place. Like I would have completely forgotten that. But there's an adult, thankfully, who can take notes and remind <laughs> me of these things. Yeah, I um, I'm excited about. It. I've never done. This, so I, I, I do a lot of what's called audio description narration, AD narration. And uh, okay. basically it's um, narrating the things that you would see but not hear for the visually impaired. It's a second audio channel on Netflix, HBO, whatever. Um, and you can turn it on. It's your AD audio description narration. And it's describing things like uh, you wouldn't say a gun fires because you hear a gun firing, right? But you would say they lock eyes they smile, whatever. And the whole idea is to match the tone to not take someone out of their immersion for what they're watching. Right. And so, you know, the whole art of it comes in matching what's going on. Right. And you can't be doing a, a chase scene the way you do a romance scene. You he kisses her. Oh my God. It's really, you know, you can't. So that's part of that whole craft is doing that. So I've done a lot of it. And now the next step is doing it live. I'm doing a fair amount of it live these days. I just did the Rose parade the second year had a great time with some great other people and now i'm doing the grammys live uh on abc on the fourth and uh so yeah it'll be uh it'll be fun sarah is, is the yoda of this particular realm she almost has an egot that's kind of the joke she's done the tonys the oscars uh one of the other ones so she does a lot of this as well sarah ormany is her name she doesn't need me plugging her but i'm happy to plug her because she's really good but you're going I am to. anyway how's that feel yeah and good what, man right um, but yeah, that's what that is. It's going to be the four, uh, July of hello, February, the second month, fourth on ABC. So feel free to check that out if you like. But so we all got to flip over our uh, flip our audio channel over to the audio description channel is. so that we can listen and 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 we'll get to hear there you. It there. is. So well, that's awesome. Thank you. Okay, I got I got one more yes, question. Sir. If somebody wants to talk about this, somebody wants to talk about outsourcing. Somebody needs a little bit more of a nudge or. A little bit more encouragement or something like that. Is it cool if somebody reaches out to you? Sure. And how can we get connected? You can. Bryson at brysoncar.com. Right on. Yeah. Man. All right. Thank you, Bryson. I'm so grateful to you for everything that you've shared and, and you have inspired me. I am going to, one of my goals for this year, I, I got to get an editor for the podcast. And and I have tried once or twice in the past and and wimp chickened out okay. because I feel We've like- been there. I, I, all right. Uh, oh, they can't do it as you got to be nice to yourself, man. Me, you can't, can't do say it that. As, <laughs> as, 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 as efficient as me or whatever. But uh, I, I got to do it. So this is the year that it's going to happen. And I'm, I'm going to draw my inspiration from you. you this, and, and I'm, I'm going to come back and listen <laughs> to this episode. I believe and, in and you. I, I really keep do. you posted so, as to when it happens. All right, man. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. This was so much fun just getting to hang and pick someone else's brain on this. And, you know, we're all on our little islands in VO, right? And that's yep. why I enjoy places like view Atlanta. Cause it's good just to forget, Hey, there are more of us out there and yep. I'm not on an That's Island. Right. <laughs> there are more of me. Right. Yep. And so I really appreciate this. It's been a great man. Great time. Thank you so much, man. Remember, I want you to, I want you to draft the outline of the cards for the presentation. Ah, I'm on it. So that, so that you can pitch it. I need a snappy title. Know. That's what I need. Flip it off to Jay Michael for Atlanta or, or for one voice in, in Dallas and, and flip it to Val for Mavo and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that first that first workshop. So, All right, buddy, dude, there, there, that's that's right. If I gotta hire somebody to to outsource, if, 
to do the podcast for me, then it seems only fair that if I got a reward, you got to have I'm all about equity. So So good on you. I I respect that. I'm on it. So we'll we'll have a, this is our new uh, accountability group, right? It'll just be in front of a number of people, right? That's the happening live on the podcast. There you go. Open the stakes. Anyway, thank you, man. All right, man. I so appreciate this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so grateful for the time that you shared and for the wisdom as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. If this doesn't encourage you to at least explore the possibility of outsourcing, I don't know what will. Bryson was able to hire a virtual assistant when he was still a part-time voice actor and use that virtual assistant and the time that he got from that virtual assistant to leverage into a full-time voiceover business. And the same might be possible for you. You don't have to hire somebody for 40 hours a week in order for this to be effective. Even an extra five hours a week might be the difference in getting you from where you are to where you want to be. I hope you were inspired and encouraged by this episode, and I hope at the very least you're going to explore the possibility. Maybe it starts, just like Bryson said, by going onto a website and posting a job for 15 leads. Take that first step. I know it is absolutely going to be worth it. If you enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor? Would you let me know? Share that you're listening, post a picture, share it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at Mark Scott. And if you could also do me one other quick favor, wherever you are enjoying this podcast right now, if it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, would you take a minute to leave a review? I would be so grateful. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at VOPreneur.com.